everybody, and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. And today we are getting into, I don't know, we have like a spooky episode, I guess, I, for no reason. Other, we could have done yeah, this no, around Halloween, but no reason. felt like doing it now, Yeah, uh, our top five. But uh, before we get into that, of course, let's jump into what we always jump into, which is what have we been playing this last week? Well, I know I have played a couple games, and I know Kaz was uh did not come to game night i did not come to game night so. but i did get some plays in so i i do have stuff to talk about okay but uh, yes i was just beat i had All a right. rough week i'm tired i did something to my shoulder falling apart falling apart bill hmm. yeah that's what happens when we get old <laughs> yes well you're i mean you're already in your 40s you're at death's door what? yes yes i've, I've already i'm <laughs> down to one hip yeah. i don't even know yeah so um well i'll start off and uh we played an eight player game of saboteur but not the saboteur that you are familiar with that you own but um the i guess newer version of it uh that came out i guess not too long ago shinier and and uh it's big it's in a big box and it has uh it has a board like a mat that you put the cards down on instead of just sort of making your own grid in your mind's eye right um, and, and it is, I can tell you, I, I really thought going into it, I'm like, oh, this is just kind of a deluxe version of, of Kaz's saboteur. And so every time he'd be like, all right, so in this part, and I'd be like, oh yeah, you do this. He'd be like, no, you actually do something completely different. And so it, it really is a different, different game. Um, there's no, there's no dead ends. So you can't like, you know, put something to just like stop the dwarves from going you're not really tunneling in this one you're actually exploring like an abandoned mine um you can play cards uh that are that have um like thing obstacles on them like um you know a lake in the middle of the pathway or you have a uh you know which you can cross with a rope card or a um a tree fallen across the path which you can uh you can play an axe card to get rid of you can't break anybody's tools Hmm. uh anymore so you can't uh go after people like that but there is like you could put a troll uh right there in between two cards and nobody can pass that for a full round um you can lay a trap down where you lose a card if you pass it so there's uh there's a lot of really interesting uh things in this there's there's uh now four mines and um one of them is like a uh sleeping dragon who wakes up and like you lose something um the other ones are like gold silver and gems and then there's uh treasure cards up top that are gold silver and gems and you choose one randomly uh face down uh, and you can just stay in there and milk the mine um until all the cards for it are gone Uh, There's also, instead of being like, everyone's on the same team, except for one or two saboteurs, maybe. Uh, On this one, there are, uh, at least with the eight-player game, there's two teams. It's like a yellow team and a blue team. And each team has a saboteur, for sure, on each team. Each team has a greedy dwarf, uh, who just keeps all their own stuff. And then the other two are loyalists. They're loyal to their clan, basically to each other. And they, what they do is they split whatever they get. Um, at the end of the round, they split it 
and uh, evenly. And then you move on to the next round. Instead of being three rounds, this one's two rounds. Um, the saboteur actually joins forces at the end of the game and merges their uh, their loot with the loyalists of the other team. So basically, you 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 end up with uh, with everyone after rounds one and two having really close scores. So you don't get the idea, uh, you don't get the feeling like um, you can get with uh, the older saboteur, where if you are the saboteur and you win early, you kind of feel you kind of get such a head start on everybody that it's kind of hard to for other people to recover from. So you can, I've gone into round three before going, well, I don't have much of a chance unless I can get six out of a possible five gold, um, which is super unlikely if you know anything about math. <laughs> um, and, and so I, I feel like the, the scoring on this one was really cool. I really liked it. Um, it's really pretty. Uh, I, I don't necessarily love all the things that they did with it, but I think that uh, it was it was very cool the direction that they went in. the The real downside here is is uh, downtime. Holy oh really how it took forever for people to take their turns, and and I think it's just because instead of having uh, the quick you know action or place your yeah. mind card, uh, there were all these other like with obstacles and and things and it just with the extra minds and kind of a larger grid it just it it took forever to people for people to kind of do the math in their head of how they wanted to position where they wanted to go um and and it's just by the time it gets back around to you you're just like i sure um (laughs) and with eight especially yeah um, it goes through the deck so fast you only get a handful of turns right right so uh there were there were people on both teams in both rounds that never got any treasure. Right, right. Um, I know in the last round, I think three or four people never even got close to a mine. They were because you're discovering where the mines are, right? Like you're kind you, of you know where the mines are. Oh, you do. Okay. Um, but you don't know what kind they are until you get there and flip them over. Oh, okay. Um, but they just threw, you know, ridiculous hand play and shenanigans. <laughs> And other associated things that just kept a few people from getting where they needed to go in as short a time as you have because you don't have much time. Right, you really, right. really don't. Because once it goes through this deck, uh, it, it ends. Right, okay. And uh, I think after the uh, after round one, um, I think there were still like two undiscovered mines. So it uh, points are tough to come by hmm. in this game for sure. But uh, I really liked it. I, I, I kind of... I still kind of prefer the older version, but I can't say that I'm like really in love with either. Right, right. Um, but it, it was interesting to see, and it was it was very interesting, sp- especially to see from a design perspective to see some of the design choices that were made there. Right. Um, because you got to see the original, and then you got to see what it was based on, and you kind of got to reason with yourself. Well, why would they make this particular change, and why? Why do you think, why do I think that they uh, modified this or changed this or made this this instead? And uh, it was kind of, it was a really interesting glimpse into the design process because they, they really didn't keep much. Right, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the basic premise of you're laying a card or playing an action card is really the only thing that carried over. Uh, and the, you're still dwarves, 
uh, and they're still mines. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, that's, but, that's but overall, really not, not not bad. I, I I I liked it. I would play it again. So what happens with lower player counts? How does the uh, identity cards? What do you t- get rid of? Yeah, Bill doesn't know. Okay. Yeah. No. No. No idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I know it plays. What's it play? You could play this at. It plays up to nine, I believe. But what's the lowest player count you do? Three. Three. It's okay. Three to nine. Um, so I don't think there always has to be teams. Well, I, I think there's still yellow and blue teams, but I don't think. I, I'm you know, really I curious know. how those yeah, like no loyalty idea. cards yeah. go because that just seems like I get how eight, you have two loyalists, a saboteur or a traitor, and then the greedy one. Yeah, and I could see I could see with uh, with six you'd probably have two loyalists and the saboteur, mm-hmm. and then I can see with four you probably just have. You have one like, loyalist and a saboteur, or would you maybe have a one and a greedy one? Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, oh, or a greedy one and a saboteur. saboteur which, yeah, <laughs> I which guess it's I the same thing as having a loyalist works. and a saboteur. Yeah, so saboteur. Well, you could have a saboteur and a loyalist, and then they would just <laughs> kind of merge with the. The, the opposite one from the other team. Yeah, yeah. You'd so basically I'd be saying yeah, the same teams. But I could st- I could still see it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know how you do like three or five or seven or nine. But um, I don't know. That's, huh, interesting. Uh, yeah, not... I'd like to check it out. I'm curious because I really do. Oops, I really do like the um, the small version, the base version. It's just a fun little clever game. But uh, yeah, this one is what's it called? The Lost Mines. So this yeah. is the one the board gamer, more board game like. Yes, this, this is definitely a gamer or version. And I, I think it, maybe the premise could be like you're discovering the lost minds that the first game created. Oh, that could be. I don't this know. is decades. This is hundreds of years later. later yes. <laughs> you're still dwarves. You still haven't invented, you know, electricity yeah, or anything still cool. Living, focusing your lives around collecting gems. Yes. yes. <laughs> has not changed from the core nope. focus of your society. <laughs> Um, yeah, all right, go on. That sounds cool. I'm, I'm very curious, curious to see how that plays. Uh, I have been spending the week kind of um, revisiting some older games that I have not played in a while. I, uh, I My wife and I got a play-in of The Castles of Burgundy the other night. Oh, yeah. And that's always fun to go back and play. Every once in a while, we'll play that one and pull it out and just be reminded of how solid a game that still is. It's just like I just, every time I play it, I'm like, man, this game is so good. This is such a good design. This is so well designed. It's really, there's so many choices here, so many options to go after, and uh, just just a solid design. So if you've never played that game, definitely, definitely play the game. It is, it is a classic. It is one of the best... Uh, highest ranked classic games i think at board game it's still ranked very very high on the oh, yeah. ranking and i think it's one of the probably the older games that are if not the oldest game that is ranked as high in the the heights that it is uh, and it's there for a reason and also i just destroyed my wife in this last game so <laughs> <laughs> she has beaten me several times in that game and so i also had the victory this time and felt good <laughs> yeah i have castles of burgundy the card game which i highly recommend if you want castles of burgundy in half the time and you have a gigantic right. table twice the space <laughs> uh, yeah so if you if you have like a whole gymnasium floor to play on <laughs> then you're gonna love castles of burgundy the card game yeah um, i love i love that too because like almost 
all card game versions of board games are about let's make this easier to get to the table and less table space. And they're just like, no. Yeah. Guess <laughs> he's like, we are going to make it shorter. We want all the cards but on the table at all times. Yeah. It's going to be big. <laughs> it's going to be really, really big. And it is. Yeah. So, um, but, but very, very strong. Like it. Yeah. I've heard really good things. I've never played it, but I've heard it's it awesome. It feels like I, I, we should play it. It yeah, really does to. feel like, um, like Castles of Burgundy. Yeah. So that's, that's great. I, I, uh, I would love to play that. I have a, a my friend Alex also really raves about that game and loves it. Yeah, it's one of the few card game versions of anything that really feels like that game. The original game, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, the, the the closest other one I can come up with was, is a dice game version, um, Istanbul. The dice oh, game, oh sure, yeah, does feel like Istanbul, the bigger game, but in in much much less time, like a third of the time. Yeah. Um, but other than that, everything else that's supposed to be like a card game or or, or dice game version uh, of another game uh, just seems to feel like a different game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's it's kind of got that theme and maybe it touches on it. Yeah. Y- yeah. Tries to work with of <laughs> some of the mechanisms, but it introduces enough stuff that you're like, this is kind of a game in its own right. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but no, Castle Burgundy, the card game is a good one. Nice. Really good. Yeah. We'll definitely we should definitely. Yeah play that one for sure for sure um another one that um kirsten and i played with uh who did we play with we played with brandon and jeff and justin which is actually justin's game it's a quick quick little game we we wanted to play we played a couple hands of it um and it's cockroach poker oh you cool. play cockroach poker i think God, I think I have. If I have, it's been a long time ago. I know how to play it. Yeah, for I don't those, remember if I've just watched a bunch of reviews about it or if I've actually played it. For those <laughs> unfamiliar with Cockroach Poker, there's you have a deck of cards, and there's eight suits uh, that are numbered uh, one through eight. Um, the numbers don't really matter yeah. or mean anything, <laughs> um, but the suits matter. And it's eight different bugs. There's like stink bugs and cockroaches and bats and rats and you know, uh, spiders and, uh, scorpions. And now I have to come up with it. (laughs) Flies. Um, so the, the idea is that, uh, everybody has, you deal out the whole deck of cards, um, evenly. And so everybody's got a hand of cards, like a bunch of cards in their hand. And the starting player picks a card, puts it face down Mm -hmm. and, says to one of the other players, this is a fly bat or a rat or a fly or a stink bug or whatever. And that player who he told it to and tries to give the card to uh, can do one of two things. He can either agree or disagree or he can look at the card and then try and give it to somebody else. Um, now he cannot try and give it to somebody who is, uh, it's already been offered to. So there does get to a point where the last person Just has, has to, to take it to either agree or disagree. Um, if you are correct and you're agreeing or disagreeing, then, uh, the person trying to give it to you gets that card face up. Cards are bad. Um, if you, uh, lose that, if you're wrong, then you get the card face up. And the first one to get, I think it's four, of any one particular suit loses. And then everyone else wins. 
So this is not right. a game of there's a winner, <laughs> there is one loser, and everybody else wins. So it's basically to see who is the loser. Yeah. Yeah. And um, let's see. Uh, Brandon lost once, and Kirsten lost the second one. Uh, Justin is sneakily good at it. Uh, for some bizarre reason, oh, Brandon a, is sneakily bad at it. That's funny. I, th- I would thought Brandon would have really been bad at it. <laughs> Brandon's so bad at it. <laughs> Brandon lost with only the the first round with only taking four cards, and they were all four bad cards. <laughs> so everyone kind of started getting into it. Like every single card anyone offered Brandon, this is a bat. <laughs> this is a bat. <laughs> All right. I trust and, you. <laughs> and he was totally sure that they were giving him bats. And they totally weren't. That's so funny. So, but it, it is, it's uh it's a lot of fun. It's, it, it's random as all get out. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, unless you have some weird secret, you know, spousal twitch or something. Right, you're right. And somebody knows you Everyone that well. on the opposite side of the table has a mirror behind them and you're like, oh, Yeah, okay. then, then I mean, it's it, it really is just a flip of the coin. Um, but it's it's a fun game because it, it, it gets everybody involved and nobody just sits there and it's quiet. You know, yeah. everyone's, you know, everyone's egging each other on. And, <laughs> and, and when you, you do agree or disagree and it flips, then, you know, everyone roars. And <laughs> so it can, it, it's just, it's super duper fun. It's silly. It's completely silly. It's not something you would ever, I don't know, play for money. But uh, <laughs> I can see like national cockroach right. poker champions. But, uh, but that's cockroach poker, and and you can uh, I think you can buy like a dozen different versions of this because you could actually even play this with uh, yeah with so a regular, regular deck, deck of yeah. cards by calling out um, by saying like this is a nine of spades and it has to be either a nine or a spade and mm-hmm. you guess which one it is um, is is my understanding of how it can be played with regular cards but. Um, yeah, so get, get, give it a try if uh, if you're just looking for something fun, silly. It's almost party game esque. Yeah, uh, you could play the. I, I imagine you could play this with eight or nine people, um, right? With just a few cards, but I I probably wouldn't play with that many. But um, but with four, it played five. It played really really well, and uh, we really enjoyed ourselves. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I think I have played that a long time ago, but yeah, it, that is such a cool concept of the game. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's just, just totally silly. All bluffing. It's just yeah. all like, I am lying to you. Prove me wrong. <laughs> or I'm telling you the truth. Prove me wrong. Yeah, that is, that is the whole game. <laughs> and Brandon's like, I trust you implicitly. Yeah, Everyone at this table, I believe you. <laughs> Everyone has bats, yes. and I want them. <laughs> he was really, really bad at it. That's so funny. Um. I uh, let's see another one I played is I uh, played uh, Romans Go Home which I haven't played in a while and uh, Romans Go Home is just a uh, game that you gave me actually you had an extra copy and you're nice enough to give me it mm-hmm. and uh, or give it to me if we're about nothing here we're about correct grammar so and everyone knows everyone who knows me knows I am <laughs> just going after that correct grammar because you never right. make up words either Not, never <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Rebels Go Home is just a funly, fun little game where you are um, a barbarian horde. I think you're Scottish because you're wearing like tartan 
um, there's a lot of kilts going yeah, a lot on. Of kilts yeah. And all the last names are Mick, whatever color you are. So Mick red, Mick gold, Mick blue, Mick green. Yeah. That's what your whole team, their whole little army is called. Seems quite Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the Romans have, have come right up to the, the, uh, your country and you're trying to make them leave. And so basically the way you're doing that is you're sending your little Scottish army to take over these forts that they have. And the forts are of different values, positive and negative forts. And each fort also has like uh, something it does once you claim it, it'll help you or hurt you in some way. Um, but it is a, it's just a clever little game and the mechanism is really fun. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit before we started, but it, I came to the realization recently that it's kind of like a programming game. It's like truck or galaxy trucker or, um, Robo rally, except much smaller and shorter. So if those mm-hmm. games really annoy you, <laughs> <laughs> But you kind of like the idea. You might try this game because it's over in like 15 minutes. It's very quick. And um, you're basically sending your army and each soldier you have does something slightly different. And if they don't capture that fort, well, that soldier stays on the field and can help the next soldier capture the next fort. And so you get these sort of builds of power. But then once you capture a fort, you're, those people go away and you got to depend on the remaining soldiers. And so after a while, you just there's no way you can plan for what's going to happen. It just sort right. of all falls into place and you're just sort of surprised about what happens. Like you probably know one fort that you're aiming for that you're like, all right, I'm jacking for this one hard. And then the rest, I don't know, but it's just the silly sort of chaos. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest selling point is if, if you played Robo Rally and are like, I don't know why people like this <laughs> or galaxy <laughs> trucker and said, I go why people like this, but I am terrible at this. I never can get any points. I really like the correlation with galaxy trucker and that like, yeah, you're putting something together and then you're just like, all right, let's see what happens. Yeah, just releasing it into the battlefield <laughs> yeah. or if space is over. Um, yeah. And that's, that's really exactly what Romans go home is all about. You're just, you're like, okay, I'm, you, you can plan the first few. You're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I think the other person might yeah. do this. And so this will let me do this. But, but by the time you get a couple in, you're like, well, he could be doing anything yeah. at this point. There's so like I'm going to do this. And, like- and I don't have any idea if this is even going to be enough at this point. Cause I don't know what's going to happen before right. then. I might have a bunch of guys cause I've lost all these forts. Or I might have nobody. Yeah. And and this one won't matter. <laughs> and so you, you do end up like half of them you just end up kind of putting out randomly and you're just like, hey, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Let's roll the dice. There's like a few opening um, moves you can think about. And then it's like, well, that's cool. Let's just see what happens here. So yeah, I, I like it though. I, I think once you approach it that way, um, you'll have a lot more fun with this. I think you can easily, like where I was talking to... Uh, for Alex about this, he was getting really frustrated with the game because he's he was frustrated about the lack of strategy. But I think once you approach it as more of a release your strategy and then see how it plays out versus try to gauge it specifically, you're not going to be able to. And so just it's it's, yeah. it's a very laid back game. <laughs> you can't math this game. No, it's, it's just not possible. No, and and it's supposed to be silly, and it's not. It it can only be so strategic, right? Um, and it, it's it's not meant to be taken seriously. Yeah. It's not meant no. to be pondered over because you could take hours oh, God, to yeah. sit there and, and work out mathematically all of the Read things that could happen yeah. and what they could do and in this scenario and what's likely here. And, and I mean, you could spreadsheet this out and it's not fun no. at that, <laughs> that point. That would be horrible. Um, that sounds like but, a nightmare. But yeah, I, I like it for, for being fun. Just, but hey, how about this and this and this might help me do that. But yeah, we'll see. Let's, yeah. all right, let's go. 
It's a quick, you know? silly game that I play and I'm like, that was fun. And now I'm ready for something else. Yes. <laughs> you're yes. not going to play it a ton. You're going to take it out because it's sort of a fun and quirky little game. And then you're going to be ready for something else. Or it's a nice interlude between games. But Definitely. I, I, I have played it a long time and I played it again. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm glad I have this game. It's such a fun little game. Yeah. It's a good filler game for sure. Yeah. Yep. All right. What else did you play? Um, well, this is less of what I've played. Um, and more of what I have kind of, uh, I've watched some playthroughs of, and I've pulled out, set up, and kind of worked through. Um, so I guess I could kind of say I've played it. It's a four-player game. Or it's a two-to-four-player game, so it's not technically soloable, but I still soloed it. Um, and that is Abomination, the Heir of Frankenstein. So, and that's by Plaid Hat Games. Um, and number one, this uh, this sort of leads off into our whole darkness uh, thing that we're, theme <laughs> that we're going with today. Um, in that uh, this, this is a dark, dark, dark theme. Um, there's a lot of uh, blood and yeah. guts. No, we're good. Oh, a lot of blood and guts and, and, and really macabre stuff in here. Um, it's basically a worker placement game. And what you're trying to do is it's uh, it's been like I don't know, 10 or 20 years or something since uh, Victor Frankenstein passed away. And um, his monster's still on the loose. But he is recruiting scientists and neuroscientists that he's recruited to try and create him uh, like a, a new buddy. Uh, bring him back from the dead. Right. And um, so apparently the only buddies he can have are ones that are just made from old body parts. So... Um, <laughs> He's got so a taste now. Yeah, He's got a- so, so you have a lab board that uh, that you build your, your creature and you actually legit get like um, like bones and blood and tissue and stuff. And uh, you create you you steal body parts like arms and legs and uh, and you create them from these. Uh, there's two sides to them. There's the, um, the sinew this, and tissue. Like yeah, muscles like muscle side, and then you flip it over and it's got skin on it. So uh, it's kind of an evolution here. Um, and you want to pause for a yeah. minute? Yeah. All right. So, what else have you played? Um, well, I, it isn't so much that uh, something I've played with anyone, but I've kind of soloed. I've set up and um, kind of played a game that is uh, kind of goes along with our dark theme, and I think it was sort of an impetus for me for wanting to do uh, the darker theme today. And that is uh, Abomination, the Heir of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. So this, mo- this movie, <laughs> this, this <laughs> game is uh, it's by Plaid Hat Games. And it is uh, basically like 10 or 20 years after the death of uh, Victor Frankenstein. And his monster's still out there and is like recruiting scientists to try and build him buddies. Um, so basically you'll, you'll win... Uh, if you are the first one to create a full new Frankenstein's monster, effectively. 
Now, I love that your, your job as his assistant is to make him a friend. Yeah, right, right, basically. <laughs> so, um, so you get you get a, a roll card, which basically is uh, who you are, and it's got your whole backstory, and uh, it's it's really really neat storytelling in this sure. this game. And um, so it tells you kind of your background and what you're good at and your starting stuff and things like that. And uh, and everybody has a lab that they're building uh, a monster from parts. Right. And uh, at its heart, it, it is a worker placement game. So you're placing, you have a main scientist and you have some assistants. And you're placing things around town to do different things, mostly to get body parts. Um, and in your laboratory, you actually have a table and you are collecting a torso, two arms, two legs, and a head. <laughs> and they are reversible in that there's a... Uh, tissue side on one side uh, like a muscle side and then there's a skin side on the other and so you everything starts when you get it starts on the um the muscle side and then flips over to the skin side as you get more tissue and bones and and, and that that's kind of the resources is like bone and different kinds of tissue and um and and blood and things like that and you collect these things and they actually can deteriorate in your lab so you kind of got to use them to to do things and in the meantime, you have to maintain humanity, expertise, and reputation. Okay. Because these things do stuff for you. Humanity, um, if you you lose too much humanity, you can lose the game. You'll okay. also lose points. Um, reputation, if, uh, if your reputation isn't, uh, isn't good, then you don't get as many points at the end. And uh, reputation will also get you things like uh, more assistance and stuff like that. Stuff that really helps you in the game. And um, expertise, you actually need to have a certain level ex- of expertise to build certain body parts. Right. So uh, they're, they're, you have to kind of keep control of these. And uh, some of the, the, it gets really dark because some of the locations that you can go to place your workers, there's like, a, you can go to the alley and actually like straight up murder somebody for their body parts, right? <laughs> um, you lose a lot of humanity for that, but yeah. your body parts are the, from there, all of your tissue and all your resources and your body parts are the freshest that they can be. Right. Because you literally just kill them. So they go in your like number one spot. Right. Uh, so that's a good way to get the freshest body parts. Your score on different things it, when you create a body part is, uh, is actually uh, based on your most deteriorated component. So if you have a whole bunch of not deteriorated stuff, but you use even one you know, two or three deterioration level thing, then that's what you score on. Right. Okay. So, uh, so you want fresh stuff. You can go to a cemetery and dig people up. You don't lose as much humanity or anything. Um, but at the same time, you don't get as fresh as stuff. There's also events that come out where sometimes there's just random public executions on the guillotine and you can show up and be like, Hey, I'll take that. <laughs> and you do. And those Hello, are fresh. For no reason, yeah, I would just like to collect these. Yeah, and those are fresh body limbs. parts. Um, you can also <laughs> place uh, your scientist, your main guy in like um, the academy to give lectures to increase your reputation. Uh, you can have him work in the hospital to give you more money. 
Um, you can do all sorts of neat things to kind of increase all your other stuff. Uh, you can work, you can train in the hospital to increase your expertise. Um, so there's lots of different things that you can do besides actually just collecting these body parts. But, um, but the theme is so dark and the storytelling is so powerful and alive. It's, um, it's really kind of kept together by these, these event cards that come out Hmm. and, uh, they can be either events or encounters. And the cool thing is, um, encounters will affect like one person. It'll be like the person with, you know, the most money or the person with the highest expertise or something like that. And then it's like a choose your own adventure. It, it, it directs you to a spot in the um, rule book and you read out the story. Okay. And then that person has to make a choice. Do hmm. you do this or do you do this? Hmm, and it could be like something good and something bad, two good things, two bad things. Like you right, never right. know what it's going to be till you do it. Oh, that's cool. Um, but it, it actually progresses the storyline and, uh, and it really becomes a neat narrative. Um, and it's, uh, it looks so cool and it, it plays so neat, especially with myself. Um, but I always know what I'm going to do. So it's, it's, it's <laughs> kind of hard. So you decide for one. the group what happens? Like you're like the group decides how the event plays um, out or individual? No, person? individual. Okay. So, so like say, say there's four of us and uh, you have the most expertise and I, I, you know, flip over the card, the event card and it's uh, it's an encounter. Okay. I'd be like, all right, so whoever has the highest expertise. So this is, right. uh, this is for Kaz and I'll read off blah, 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 and blah. And what do you do? Do you blah or do you other blah? <laughs> okay. And you'd be like, well, I'm going to other blah. And I'd be like, ah, you get $50. <laughs> And you're dead. Yeah, and you're dead. Or something. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Congratulations, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, you lose. <laughs> Damn, this game is hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and there's, then there's this guy from the book who's following you, like the sea captain guy, you know, who's chasing, <laughs> yeah. right? Who's chasing yeah. the, the um, Frankenstein's monster. After, I think it's 12 That's rounds, awesome. um, he gets all the way to the end, the sea captain guy does, and it's assumed that he catches the monster at that point. Okay. So the game would end there, um, or it would end before that if somebody successfully reanimates all the parts. Huh, interesting. So, um, and when you when you get a part and uh, you flip it from the uh, from the muscle side to the skin side, and then you uh, you energize it with like your you know, electricity things. Uh, so that's the technical term for it. I think it's just um, called electricity, but right. Then uh, you actually roll dice. Okay. And you can either accidentally damage body parts. You can actually animate the body part, which is what you ultimately right, want, right. Um, and things like that. That's and cool. Ultimately, you want all of the parts animated, and then like you win the game. Huh. Uh, so. Or at least the game ends. You may not win if you don't have right. You're not, you know, you if you don't have the most the points, yeah. yeah. But that's that's a, a game tr- and trigger, and it is so pretty. Uh, it's there's, yeah, it's, the it's production value is really good. Absolutely beautiful, um, but it is real dark. It is bloody. Uh, it is. It, they did not pull any punches. They decided to go full on with this theme, and they're like, you know what? Uh, this is the theme we want. Like people sneaking around, trying to back alleys, trying to steal body parts. Um, and we're just going to go full on with it. We're not going to try and make it funny. We're not going to dress right. it up for the kids. We're just going to, I mean, there's, it's, it's 
real dark. Yeah. Um, but I think that it did exactly what it should have. No, that's cool. I, I like that. Really, really like it. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to playing it with actual people. So, and that's uh, Abomination: The Era of Frankenstein. Nice. Yeah, I've been just I don't know what it is the. I've been really like craving story-driven games lately. So the other thing I've played this week is uh, I've been getting back into Arkham Horror LCG and uh, Seventh Continent, both heavy, heavy story games, and uh, I've been uh, reapproaching them, both hard games. And uh, I've I've actually took our LCG and I decided I'd come to terms with playing on the easier mode <laughs> or modification. I'm not fully playing easy, so I'm playing a little harder than easy, but I'm not playing. I don't know. I just realized I want more of the story than I want to be brutalized. <laughs> and so, Fair enough. And so uh, I also want to play with my wife, and she has no patience for like, oh, we lost this game? Well, then why are we playing this? Right. <laughs> we played four hours and we died? Okay, well, then I'm never playing oh, this again. This is really, really hard? <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah, why? Yeah. <laughs> what is the point of this? Yeah. Uh, exercise and futility. So anyway, I, I, for, I had this epiphany, and I just replayed it again, and I just made the bag, the draw bag. Um, slightly easier and it was just like suddenly I was just really enjoying the game it was just so much fun I didn't have to you know because I re- I just refused to cheat because I feel like if you're going to cheat just make the bag easier then you're not cheating and you're just it's just the same thing so anyway I don't know Kevin and I are cool with no, every I, once in a while I totally get it <laughs> I totally get it I don't know why it bugs me but I just if get it if it continues the story and it continues having fun isn't the whole point that it you're is fun? it is but for some reason it's doing that versus just making the bag easier I don't know why uh, but then Seventh Continent too. I had a I, I, I was kind of frustrated over the uh, times of Seventh Continent's play of how to approach it um, because it is an, at its core a survival game as well as an exploration game but it's mo- it's survival first and then exploration I think because there is a pretty hard curve of um, keeping yourself alive. So and and planning Are there zombies in it. Yeah, uh, not so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's spooky. There's some spooky parts for sure. Uh, there's cannibalism in there. So that's it's on that's on your way to zombieism. I'm sure. I imagine. That's yeah. How the plague started. Trace it back. I'm, I'm um, probably I'm probably more scared of cannibals oh, than absolutely. zombies. Absolutely. Yeah. Being cannibals honest. are fast. Yeah. <laughs> and they're smart. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I uh, I just uh, I, I think you approaching that game, you have to approach the game in the right way of just understanding that it's not lighthearted choose your own adventure. It's pretty visceral, realistic choose your own adventure. Like every there's a lot of decisions in that game where you're like, look under this rock. Oh, uh, a snake jumped up and bit you in the face. <laughs> Damn! Why did I? Why was that rock there? Why did you make me look at that? We didn't. We just said you could. <laughs> and so and you sort of begin to learn to not trust the game <laughs> a little bit. But also be prepared for its betray- inevitable betrayal of you. And um, so in that way, I was kind of reapproaching it and playing it solo and I had a lot of fun with it. But I'm still not sure that Seventh Continent is even a multiplayer game, to be honest. I, I have a lot of fun playing it solo. And two players, I've played it before too, and it's fun. But it's just it's like a legacy game where you have to get together regularly for a right. 10-hour curse, potentially at the, at the least. And... Um, you know, it's just hard to consistently play any game on a schedule like that. And yeah. so so I've just been playing it solo and then uh, having a lot of fun with it. So anyway, it, but the story of that is very, very rich. And um, so you really get immersed in like what's happening. Your characters have specific backstories. Several of them are um, historical figures or even authors. There's uh, um, oh, what is it? No, actually not authors. There's Dr. Frankenstein is a character you can play. You can make his monster. <laughs> And he can play oh. with you, which is actually really fun. And then um, 
There's uh, H.P. Lovecraft, for some reason, is someone you can take to the island. <laughs> I don't know that why. That dude in real life was Oh, yeah, horrible person. Up. Horrible person. Yeah. He was awful. Yeah, yeah. Like most um, <laughs> famous men of note of the time, <laughs> he was really horrible and highly racist. <laughs> Amongst other things. <laughs> Amongst many things, yes. Yes. He was, yeah, he was messed up. He was, uh, he had some issues he for sure. He was not a good dude. No. No. Um, which, which isn't surprising the genre that he's famous for, I guess, when you really True. think about it, he wasn't writing love poems. He was writing about horrible monsters. Yes. And allegories of himself. Well, his whole, his whole thing that I always loved was like, he never described, anytime he was like, this thing, it is like, uh, well, it was so terrible that the thought of it would make you go insane. Right, yeah. and you're like, oh, that's yeah. it, huh? Even just thinking about it would send you like, off into that's it. a delirium of madness. Yeah, and you're like, oh, oh, okay. So Okay, so it must have been really bad yeah, then. So you're huh? not going to tell me what it looks Filled like. Filled with right? an unnameable dread. Yes. <laughs> yeah, most of his descriptions are just dread. Yeah. You're just like, dreading things. Huh, well, I could... I could probably write that yeah. yeah just you yeah anytime you want to describe anything just it's unimaginable yeah you can't to even conceive of it would would lead you to utter mad it would destroy <laughs> yeah, your mind yeah even thinking about it will yeah, just, yeah your mind um, will unravel right um yeah it's very uh <laughs> very synced writing styles <laughs> kind of a cop out but just you know the point i mean i guess it is what it is yeah but um anyway so i just enjoying that game and i i uh it's one too like i I'd like to play with more people, but I don't see more than two because you don't take turns specifically. I, well, you do take turns, but you just sort of choose who wants to go. And then when you do things, there's someone who is the active player that does the action and then everyone else can say, I am also doing this with you to help with it potentially, but also to get the negative effects if something goes bad. And so it's very loosey-goosey. And I don't know. I just feel with four players, it just feels like you're just kind of along for the ride and someone's going to inevitably take the lead. Kind of sounds like, hey, guys. You want to put together a 500-piece puzzle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll do all the puzzle placing, and you guys could just watch me you, and tell me, give me some tips. Yeah, you just <laughs> hand me a piece. Right, yeah, give me a piece, and I'll say yes or no. <laughs> that game yeah. sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with but, a lot of people. Uh, yeah, with a lot of people. But but I, uh, I definitely recommend it for uh, one or two, and I think uh, they just came out with a classic, which is the base game without all the Kickstarter bonuses and also has the benefit of being way less expensive um than oh. what you can actually buy the kickstarter uh, version for right now and i think serious pulp actually has classic and maybe it is just classic on their website so you can buy it straight from them without a new kickstarter and uh it's reasonably priced and i, I it is fewer rocks to look under yeah or? it's like they don't have like minis but they have very well printed cardboard chits that's just like player trackers and those are just fine honestly the minis are they're nice but they don't they don't do anything for their the kickstarter really. yeah they're kickstarter stuff yeah. and uh there's like i think there's one less curse and like two less characters but honestly um you really don't need them, and the game is... It's a solid game. So if you're ever interested in it, it's worth trying it out with a classic if you want to check it out. And uh, it's reasonably priced, and I... Um, yeah, anyway, if you're a solo gamer like me who really wants a very immersive story game, Seventh Continent is hard to beat. Hard to beat. That's what I hear. It's, uh, I, I've not talked to anybody who's like, Seventh Continent, that game sucks. <laughs> yeah. People so, are like, that game's hard, but interesting. Yes, I have, I have heard the, the difficult part, for sure. 
So, all yeah, right, well, I'm, that's, I'm out of games. Yeah, that's why I am so. too. All okay. right, well, let's jump into, uh, you alluded to it with Abomination, and uh, but let's jump into our lists here today. We have um, our selections for z- top five zombie games. Zombie games. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Do you want to talk about how you chose your list or thin down your list? Does it work? Yes. You have now, I, I a personally, lot of zombie game experience. yes, I personally, uh, I love zombies. I love zombie movies. I love zombie games. I love zombie stuff. I have a zombie tattoo on my back. Um, it's a bite mark, though. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> and it's <is> festering. It? <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm purposely seek out zombie games. I I really enjoy them. I have way too many for this list, so I've really pared it down. <laughs> um, but these are these are all ones that uh, I just picked out ones that I think uh, that that I have the most fun with. I mean, I didn't necessarily pick out from you'll definitely know from one or two of these i didn't pick out the ones that uh are like oh this is the most difficult game right or, this is the most realistic zombie game <laughs> or what have you but um just the ones that i have the most fun the ones that uh are easiest uh, or at least that i want to get to the table most often and uh there's a couple on this list obviously i've talked about before but i think there's a few surprises here and there Cool. What about you? Mine, uh, I was realized that I have not played as many zombie games as I thought I had. And I realized I was thinking about, I was just trying to think of like zombie storylines. And I, I, as I'm going through lists of zombie games, trying to remember the ones that I've played, I'm realizing that I had been thinking of a lot of movies that I'd seen because I also really like zombies. But for some reason, I don't know why. Maybe I was just overloaded with movies. And when the zombie games came up, I'm like, oh, I'll try something different. But. I like zombies a lot. I like the the games that I have played. I've enjoyed it. And um, so a few of mine are going to be games that I, I have not played, but I have done a lot of research on and reading and watching videos about. And um, it's like it's one of those games, a list of games where you have where you kind of know if you find a good deal, you'll definitely pick it up. But right. you're probably not going to go rush out and buy it right away. And so I know enough about the game that I know I probably will like it. And I, I it's worth a pickup for me. But uh, I have never played it <laughs> so right. i got a few of those on my list and i know that that zombie game zombies zombies are done right like yeah um, there it feels like they've faded and we're about to get the most amazing innovate innovative zombie game in the next few years where they tips it on its head somehow but it's very much like right faded <laughs> yeah at this point in time it's like if it's every game is either uh at least in the past few years i think it's kind of died down a little now but if it's not Cthulhu, it's zombie. Sure, yeah. And uh, that has been sort of the theme du jour uh, <laughs> for, for as far as that goes. But, uh, but you know, I still think there are fun, interesting things that can be done in the zombie game genre. And I will continue to buy zombie games. So yeah. aspiring uh, <laughs> designers out there, I will buy your zombie game. <laughs> All right, you want to go first? Um, sure. Um, yeah, I have a so a couple of mine are uh, one of the things I try to do is just grab a couple like more family oriented games that I thought um, like I play a lot of games with my son, and obviously there's several of these that I don't think I want him to play because <laughs> of they're they're more graphic or just the uh, just the themes are adult. Not that it would be terrifying for him, but I just feel like part of the fun of the zombie games is imagining yourself in that desperate situation and feeling, you know, that, that desperation of, uh, really lends itself to trying uh, to the excitement of the game of trying to get out of this horrible situation and, uh, into probably just a slightly less desperate, desperate situation, but still very desperate. Yeah. And so I feel like, um, 
playing those with him, A, the strategy would be too advanced, but also uh, some of the themes I don't want him to be, I just don't want him to be in those yet. And also, uh, I just feel like he wouldn't get much out of it in some of these. So Fair enough. Uh, the first one for me is Dead Panic. So Dead Panic is basically kind of a reskin of Castle Panic. And um, both of those games sort of lend themselves to uh, sort of a horde invading. Castle Panic is about orcs and trolls and goblins coming in from the woods and raiding your castle, and you have to cooperatively try to fend them off in a hand. And in, uh, in, it's like a card game where you have like distance warriors tower, that can tower defense. Yeah, it's tower defense so. where you can accept one tower, <laughs> just one tower to defend, and. Um, you are uh, have warriors that can shoot it, so you have knights that can run out and gra- get somebody. You have footmen who can just, uh, when someone gets close, they can attack them. You have archers that can hit someone from a distance, and um, then you have a lot of stuff beyond that. But it, re- I can see why they did a zombie version of this game because it's the same thing where you have shambling zombies coming into your cabin. I think it is in the Dead um, Panic. Or is it some building anyway? And uh, but the same thing. So they're slowly creeping in. You have to figure out with the tools available to you and the cards that are coming up how to fend them off in an efficient way. And um, and so it's sort of the slow creeping horde that's coming at you and coming at you and coming at you. And eventually you can get through them and escape. Um, but it just really lends itself to that zombie feeling, but in a family mm-hmm. game. And so I thought that's mm. and I like Castle Panic a lot. And uh, so that was my first choice to hit a lot of buttons there for zombies, but also open to a family structure as well. And still fun for someone who likes bigger games. Okay. Well, my, my first choice is, uh, is not family friendly <laughs> at all. Um, it is a sequel of sorts uh, to a game called Mall of Horror. And this is City of Horror. Um, in Mall of Horror, you were just in a mall and there were zombies um, in City of Horror, you're in a city. Uh, it's bigger, it's a larger scale. Um, it plays quite a few people. It plays up to six or seven. Um, but it's, uh, it, it is really survival. Like, you are trying to be the ones that get rescued. Not everyone's going to get rescued. It's kind of co-op, except you, uh, you, can, you can throw your friends like at the zombies, you know, it really legitimately is kind of a, you're all running together and you trip one guy and the, you know, get the zombies to take him instead. So, uh, there is definitely some, uh, some backstabbing in it, which, uh, is kind of realistic in a way. Um, but it's just, it's, it's fun because it's so tense and, uh, it, it is reasonably serious uh, it's got some comedic moments, but um, but it's it's uh, there's always that tension of trying to escape. Um, you know, you're not. It's not like Zombicide, where you know you're like, let's go full chainsaw on these guys, and you're <laughs> actively going after zombies. Right. I mean, this is this is kind of what I imagine it would really be like if a whole bunch of us were in a you know torn down city with a whole bunch of zombies running around, and we're trying to get to the helicopter bat. Right, uh, right. So, uh, that is City of Horror. Nice. Um, so, my next one is a game. This is one that I have not played, but this is a game that's been around for a while, and a lot of people rave about this game, and that is Last Night on Earth, the zombie game, which is kind of a redundant title uh, based on the cover. 
Um, I love that they had to clarify that it was a zombie game or the zombie game. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, the why, reason why I put this one on the list is that I like the structure of this in that this is a team-based game where there is a uh, one side is zombie. There, there's usually uh, one or two people I think can play the zombie side. I've heard it's better with just one zombie player that controls all the zombies. And then the other side are a group of humans, survivors in a small town. Uh, this is a very... <laughs> Very classic trope of zombies. Small towners oh, yeah. trying to fight off the zombie horde. Um, but they are, one of the cool things with the art style of this game is they actually hired actors to portray each character. So each character sheet has a real life person in costume dressed up as the mechanic or the prom queen or whatever. And um, I kind of like that. I just like that style because it's sort of reminiscent of those old B movies that you would watch. Mm-hmm. They look exactly like it. It feels like a B movie. Yeah, too. yeah. It does. And uh, But anyway, just that structure of that where you can have a 1v all where one is person is playing the zombies and that is always fun to play that side i i think that's um uh i don't know just always a welcome yeah, that's not mechanism. very present in a lot of zombie games yeah not really, really. Not at all. it's usually it's uh it's a co-op nature or semi-co-op nature but it's uh it's rare do you see that that 1v yeah. all kind of thing which i i think is very does make that game fairly unique yeah. So. so it's been around since 2007 and it's still people uh, mention, especially when you're talking about zombie games, people say, don't forget last night on earth. So I think, uh, once again, not one I've played, but one I'd really love to and uh, just uh, gets rave reviews and that ability to play the zombie side is a yeah. fun little twist. It is a good one for sure. Um, that would be on my list if I were not purposely trying <laughs> to to have things on my list that are not on your list. Um so my my next one is, uh, and, and this may be on your list, but if it is, uh, pick something else. <laughs> um, so my next one is more campy, much more campy, um, and that is uh, Zombie Boss. Oh, yeah. Is that on your list? It is not. Okay. Um, so we play this, our friend Kevin, uh, if you listen to this, uh, I don't know, 20 yeah, well episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, he brought it. Uh, he bought it at a con somewhere. We couldn't find this game anywhere yeah. ever. Um, it's that's the only version I've ever seen or heard of. Um, but it's basically uh, zombies are on a school bus, mm. and um, you are high school kids, and you're basically trying to make it off the school bus and uh, into the news van. Right, and um, so it's uh, and it's a. The typical, you know, jock, cheerleader. Yeah. Uh, the basically, it, it's a Scooby Doo ripoff because <laughs> there's even a talking dog. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, I'm proud about that. <laughs> called like Groovy or something. I don't yeah, know what his name very, is. But very much reference yeah. the Scooby Doo. But uh, but they they all look like Scooby Doo characters, and uh, it's it's silly and it's it's campy, uh, but it's surprisingly strategic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got a uh, it's got some really neat elements to it. Um, and, and it's, uh, it looks like it could be a kid's game or it looks like it could be just like a mass market game, but it really isn't. It's kind of a step up, uh, in skill level from that, uh, which I think makes it fairly unique. And it, it sort of captures that zombie vibe in a way that I, I it feels different than other zombie games. Sure. And that's, yeah. that's something that I'm trying to do with this list is sort of, um, talk about games that, that I feel like don't make the same zombie game as everybody else right right so and i think this one does that uh does a lot of things really well in, in unique ways so that's zombie bus by low uh, french company 
<laughs> Go ahead. There, yeah. yeah, that's a great one. I really like that one too. I actually had forgotten about that one, but uh, I would have put it on my list. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, all right. My next one is another one that is actually family functional. And um, this one is called Hit Z Road. Hit Z Road came out a few years ago. And one of the reasons why <laughs> I put this on this list is I think Hit Z Road has one of the coolest art uh, themes, designs, um, than in any board game I've seen. And the premise of the board game is that it is the zombie apocalypse. The zombies have taken over. You are on a road trip across the country. Um, another zombie trope, a zombie movie trope. But the board game you're playing exists in the universe that of the board game you're playing. So you are it's in the zombie apocalypse. Game. Yeah, it's meta, 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 layers upon layers. And so all the components are designed to look like old, dirty versions of components from a variety of different board games all globbed together to form this new board game, which actually is what you're doing in the real life of your character in this world. So the board is like a, an old, dusty, scuffed Monopoly board. Um, the tokens are bottle caps. There are, um, other games. I can't remember now all the games that they reference, but there's several p games that they pull from to, um, make these pieces. And I just love that. That's such a cool idea to, to make a game about the zombie apocalypse where board gaming is still a thing. <laughs> I just love that idea yeah. where people are still getting together to game, even after everyone's been eaten. Um, but in Hitsy Road, the other reason why it's a family game is it's fair. It's a fairly light game, and it's not very uh, graphically violent. So it's uh, there's a bidding structure to it. So basically, what you're doing is you are um, all bidding on um, what action that you're going to do, what path you're going to do currently. You're going to go a task you're going to do. So it's similar to Dead of Winter in that you're going to go choose a task to go do something there and try to do it. However, you're bidding to choose that task or to have the, the uh, first choice there. And so um, I, uh, I just really like that structure. Uh, it's kind of cool to throw in this bidding thing where you're all together and you're all surviving together and you're like, all right, well, I want to do this. Well, I want to do this. All right, well, if we do this, then I'm going to say, I'm going to put this in so we have to do what I want to do. And you're like, well, okay, well, fine. I'm going to top that. Right. And I kind of like that idea. Um, but it's a very light version of that. So it doesn't feel like it's heavy, heavy bidding. And uh, it sort of just kicks off the round. And then each task you're doing has benefits where there's victory points that you can get. But probably you'll have to fight some zombies to get those victory points. There's fuel and ammunition and other things you can pick up um, as resources. And then a, uh, you can also just uh, duck and run by spending two fuel to just get out of there if you need to. Which is kind of a cool thing, especially in a family game, to have just, uh, it's getting too hard, I just need to leave. Um, there is player elimination in this, but it's not, I don't think it's that prevalent. I don't think it's that hard, that easy to get just kicked out. It's basically if your survivors with you are eaten, well, you're gone. <laughs> You've lost. But, um, anyway, so it's a, it's a lightish zombie theme that has, um, accessible mechanisms and, uh, is not graphically, super graphically violent. So I think, uh, it's also points for art originality for sure for hit Z road. Nice. Um, I, I do like the art style as well. I think that's very innovative for sure. Yeah. Really cool. Um, okay. So my, my next choice here, uh, is one that I have talked about before and that is dead of winter. <laughs> um, I really enjoy dead of winter from, uh, in, in, in this particular case, what I think it brings unique to this genre is the storytelling aspect of it. Um, getting involved in 
the character backstories and uh, especially the crossroads cards where every single uh, every single time you play it it's just weaving this new narrative along with the fact that you have different objectives you can play different you know medium or longer games uh, based on these different objectives that you you choose and um, so every game you play can can be very very different uh, because you're going for different things they end different ways uh, and it all goes into this really cool storytelling weave that uh, makes each game feel really really unique and that's that's what uh, what I feel like it brings uh, that makes it unlike other zombie games it's not just a straight up you know you're going out and trying to survive because there's zombies there's something to do right. there's there's a storyline there there's a beginning there's a middle and there's an end yeah and um and it's it's tense through the whole thing because there is that possibility of the traitor mechanic which i really really like um i know turn some people off but i i like it in this instance because i feel like that's kind of realistic there probably is somebody in the group looking out for themselves because oh, for they're sure. scared or they have some ulterior motive or they're trying to you know provide for some secret family or something i don't know uh, they're a molester mall santa there's all <laughs> kinds of different things that uh that can exist here but um but i feel like dead of winter does that uh does all these things and i don't think any other game really comes close to hitting all those buttons for me so that's why I love Dead of Winter. Yeah, Dead of Winter is great. That was also one on my list. Um, that is, uh, uh, I feel like uh, um, there are flavors of hit of Dead of Winter and Hitsy Road where it's like Hitsy Road is a lighter game, but it's zoomed in, but it also has that task or running to get a task type of thing. Um, but Dead of Winter also is a much deeper <laughs> structure and heavier story, um, but amazingly well done. Such a such a cool designed. Uh, game and that crossroads structure is really really fascinating uh, my next one's another family one and this is just uh flux zombies so if you've ever played the flux games the flux games are very fun silly heavily luck based in a lot of ways games and uh some are better than others but i the ones that i like are the ones that are more streamlined around a theme one of my favorite well my probably my favorite is star flux and i love star flux because it is uh very focused around science fiction and the tropes make sense and uh you kind of have clear logical paths to victory within the luck structure zombies is similar where you have um uh it, it, each one does a little bit different gameplay based on the theme and zombies theme is um just really fun you can become a zombie um you can uh, use the zombies to your advantage and of course you can do everything that you would typically do in a zombie game of fighting them with weapons or um distracting them in different ways it's just a really well done fun silly zombie game and uh it's cheap <laughs> so flux zombies it's is cheap. definitely a recommend uh, for me especially as a family game um with younger kids who don't want a very once again a very graphic thing it's a light cartoony style um but of course with any zombie game you're talking about zombies and there is some violence associated with that so take that with a great assault but i think it's a really good one all right uh, my fourth one here is uh is a game that i i'm not sure one could would even normally think of it as a zombie game but you are bringing corpses to life and uh 
they sure look like zombies to me. So I'm going to pretty much go with anybody that's dead that gets reanimated uh, is going to be, that's a zombie game. And that's Dead Man's Cabal. Mm, yeah. um, I, I think what this does very uniquely is it takes kind of a dark theme. Uh, it does make it feel less dark. Um, it It's fun it it can be kind of campy but it also strategically is um as as difficult a game as as any zombie game out there uh there's a lot of uh really really good choices uh there's a lot of strategic gameplay um it is not uh prototypical in that you know shambling zombies are not walking towards you you're basically trying to prove that you're the best necromancer by creating <laughs> uh the most and best zombies to to bring to the party so um i don't think any other game feels like dead man's cabal no other zombie game does um and i don't think any other zombie game is as uh as challenging as uh strategically as dead man's call so i think that uh that it stands out in the crowd as another unique version of uh of zombies and that's dead man's cabal yeah that's a great one i think that definitely qualifies for sure um all right my last one is a game that i have not played uh yet but i have done so much reading i have backed it on kickstarter and i have waiting <laughs> so long for this game and that is carnival zombie I knew this would be on your list. <laughs> so, uh, Carnival Zombie is a um, a cooperative game where you are all. I'm so bad sometimes with historical periods. I think it's Victorian era ish, um, or before, uh, or before <laughs> uh, in Venice. You are all at a carnival in Venice, so you're all wearing like very dressed. You're very dressed up. You're in carnival masks. And uh, suddenly a zombie, the zombie, uh, zombies come and they start they're breaking out and they start attacking everybody and you and other members of your party who are all sort of garishly dressed already. So sort of weird already in the art style um, are trying to survive uh, the sinking city as the zombies rush and horde and horde and horde. And so um, there's some really cool elements of this game where there is a day and night phase. So at night you are trying to barricade yourselves to safety or straight up fight the zombies. There's also a game where I need a gun, how can or a weapon? I need where can I find one? Never mind, here's a wall full of them. So you basically are just right away just going at it. <laughs> and so it doesn't huh. mess that much with um uh uh, there's desperation, but it's also like there's a glee in the sort of blood slaughter of these zombies um, while still being quite difficult. Then uh, in the daytime, you are traversing through the city to fight, try to find how you actually get out of the city. And in that traversing, you run across survivors that you can deal with in some one way or the other. You can also um, find more resources or better up weapons or upgrades and things like that. Um, then it also has this... Uh, mechanism of the uh collection of like it's like no, i'm drawing a blank what it is i think it's noise or threat or something but anyway it's the these little just your typical cubes for any board game there's a little square on the board and as you remove these from the board you have to drop them from like an inch above onto this little area and that's pretty easy but eventually there's going to be a pile of them there and those represent more zombies that can flood and uh, towards you towards the, in the night phase. And as you're dropping them higher and higher, they will fall out of this designated little area. And if they fall out, they go back on the board. So it becomes this, there's this little mini game of dexterity that doesn't 
take over the game. It's just a slight little, I don't know, touch of the touch of uh, just twist on uh, this the replenishing the zombies that I thought was very uh, interesting mm. as well. Um, and um, yeah, anyway, I'm super looking forward to this game. I can't wait to actually play it. But everything I've read and watched about it makes me really excited. And I love that idea of two phases, uh, a day to night phase within a zombie game, and then having to um, have an exploration game with zombies. So you you can you sort of start out in one area and then you have to kind of scramble to a next potential safe spot to get there in time for the night to come. So you're not just out in the open when the zombies come, which would totally screw you. So, uh, that structure is really interesting to me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for you to get it. Cause yeah. <laughs> uh, I've heard amazing things about it for sure. Um, all right. Uh, my number one, I'm sure everybody knows I've already mentioned it actually. And that is, uh, that is Zombicide. Yep. Um, to me, Zombicide captures the just joy of uh, getting ridiculous weapons <laughs> and what have you, and just going out and demolishing zombies um, in just the silliest and most hardcore way possible. <laughs> um, you get tile saws and barbed wire baseball bats and chainsaws and shotguns and whatever and you shotgun sauce <laughs> yeah and you double katanas and you know all kinds of neat like everything from every just over the top b movie right. that you could imagine with with uh it it just it's so much fun and if you play with the right group which does exist <laughs> um not all groups are, are right for it but um there, and 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 every game can be you can you can have a short scenario that's, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. You can have a long scenario that's, you know, four or five hours. You can, uh, you can build different, um, different maps and there's, there's all kinds of, there's different seasons and, and, and a ton of extra content. Uh, and it's, uh, it's just, it's so much fun and it's just, it's one of my favorite miniatures games ever and uh and it is my favorite zombie game and it will always be my favorite zombie game <laughs> and that is zombicide nice that's another one i have not played but her always here that it's it to- i think tops a lot of people's list specifically black flag is like people yeah. hold that up as like the pinnacle of yeah black black plague is is zombicide in the middle ages so it's uh it's like fantasy right. a fantasy <laughs> zombicide um I I did not get as much into Black Plague as I did into regular Zombicide. Uh, I like my zombies in a modern setting. <laughs> um, but it did fix a few things that people did not like with the original Zombicide rules. But those things are things that I don't play with anyway. Right. You know, house so, rule in. Yes. I, I have several house rules that make uh, make my games of Zombicide the best games of <laughs> Nice. So... Yeah, hopefully next time we all go over to Aaron's, we can we can play Zombicide because um, yeah, I would love to. I'm I, I really 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 like it, and it is my favorite. Nice. All right, guys. So let us know what your favorite zombie game is. Um, there are many many out there, many that we didn't talk about, and um, there's are still them trickling out. Carnival Zombie got its second print, and uh, it's mm-hmm. coming out uh, this year. Finger, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, yes, it seems to be an, an endless production loop, but. Uh, but uh, they are coming out still. We did get um, 
before we go, we we did get some feedback. We asked for for uh, oh nice okay on um, so some of the mistakes that so other people oh, okay. have, have made. Uh, and Corey and Alora um, actually uh, texted me today and said uh, that he said it took uh, three plays or so of gizmos before he got a hundred percent right. <laughs> and his biggest mistake was he thought that uh, you could only build from your archive. Oh okay, which definitely it's hard would make a huge difference yeah, yeah I, I sat there and i'm like huh yeah yeah that would That's that would be tough really tough game yeah <laughs> that so, sounds yeah it sounds very much like my quacks like yeah, man so this I, game is hard. i feel like the first time i would play it that way i'd be like mm, i don't love this game <laughs> yeah. so yeah so thank you Corey. Um, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. We still would love to hear from you guys. If you have uh, any more of those, um, experiences, they're always a fun, <laughs> a fun recollection of how they can go so wrong sometimes, but, yes. but, uh, yeah, let us know about any gameplays, mishaps, and also of course your zombie choices. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys as well. And to do that, you can get a hold of us a few different ways. You can check us out on, um, Instagram and on Twitter at roasted games one. You can also go to our Facebook page, roasted games, and you can go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com, and scroll down to the Roasted Games page to fill out our comment form there. Uh, what else are we sending people to these days? Um, you said Facebook? I said Facebook. Yeah. Um, um, those are the primo ones. Yeah. Email. We can also go roastedgamesco at gmail.com. Yeah, or uh, roasted.games. Or roasted.games. Go to the website. Yeah, we yeah. have a contact form there. So. Yeah, there's a plethora of ways to get a hold of us. <laughs> um, it's If you can't get a hold of us... That's kind of on you, right? You've only yourself to blame point. at yeah. this point. Yeah, it's uh, it's really just that's that's something you want to look in the mirror right. and say, you know what, whose fault is you're this? And just lo- be honest yeah, with yourself. You're, yeah, you're technologically savvy enough to listen to a podcast, but that's where it ends. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything else is too confusing. Yeah, maybe you're listening to the podcast through your eight track. I don't know. <laughs> That'd um, be pretty amazing. Actually. Yeah, actually, that would be a feat of technical <laughs> skill. Sort of- so you'd yeah. So, all right. So, anyway, <laughs> all right, guys. Get, yes, get a hold of us and, uh, and let us know uh, whatever's on your mind. Uh, tell us something you want to hear about. We're we're always open and we're happy to do a show based around what you want to hear. Yeah, give us some uh, topic suggestions. That would be great, actually. Game related, obviously. Right. Yes. Yeah. Board game. Related, we could just turn it into an advice podcast after yeah. eventually. That's probably where we're headed. But all right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. We can't look forward to your comments, and we will catch you all on the next episode. Bye.